Do you have a hard time holding onto money, budgeting, or find yourself stuck in the same financial situations over and over? Also, why do the rich get richer while the poor become poorer? You'll be surprised to find there are inner child roots to money wounds. As many of you are planning out New Year goals, I thought this would be the perfect time to help you heal the childhood money wounds so that you can have the most financial free year in 2022. In this special episode, I picked the brain of one of my former clients, Nadine Zumot, a certified money coach and the owner of Save a Million Cents. I personally learned so much about Nadine's fascinating approach to getting rich that involves trauma healing and archetypes. Let's dive right in after this intro. Hi, I'm Gloria Zhang, and after 10 years of struggling in toxic relationships, I attracted the love of my life by healing my inner child. This podcast is your weekly dose of my expertise as a therapist and dating relationship coach for high achievers. Learn tips to overcome low self-worth, emotional baggage, and childhood trauma so that you too can step into your power and attract the love you desire. Welcome to the Inner Child Podcast. Hello, Nadine, and welcome to the Inner Child Podcast. I'm so excited to finally have you on here. Thank you, Gloria, so much for having me. This is my favorite podcast of all time. And being (laughs) on this podcast, interviewed by you, is such an honor. Thank you so much. The honor is also mine. I obviously know who you are, Nadine, but can you tell us who are you and who do you help? So my name is Nadine Zumut. I am the owner of Save a Million Cents. It's a money and life coaching company where I help people pretty much find that freedom that they so desire within themselves. So it is a very freedom-based brand. It is about fuck everything. And oh, can I swear? (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Let her rip, girl. (laughs) It's all about fuck everything, follow your gut and follow your life purpose kind of brand. So oftentimes I just see how money is something that stops us from just going for it and making bolder choices. And I decided to create a business that helps people use money as an empowerment tool rather than something that we're scared of. Mm, Spot on. Before we hit record, Nadine and I, we were just laughing about how we're wearing the same colors today and how important authenticity really is, not just for ourselves, but our business. But what's your relationship with authenticity? What does that mean to you? I have never had a situation where I was inauthentic. So being inauthentic is very foreign to me. And I have a really good knack of finding people who have that ingrained authenticity within them. You can probably smell people that are inauthentic a mile away. I don't know if you do too, but I do as well. But being true to yourself and being true to who you are is one of the things that I had to honor just because it didn't feel right in my body when I didn't honor it or if I ever thought of not honoring it. And being a person that has grown up in the Middle East, it was a very difficult thing for me to honor because we had a certain formula that we had to, you know, we grow up, we go to high school, we get married, we have children. That typical life formula. But for me, ever since I was in my early teenage years, I found that that didn't work for me and it didn't sit well with me. And being authentic meant being unaccepted by the herd, unaccepted by my family, by the tribe, you know, and I don't really mean like tribe, tribe, but the people around you, your family, your friends, that security. And 
so for me, being true to myself meant unacceptance, but it also meant that I had to seek other forms of acceptance. And from learning through your Inner Child Academy, I learned about the word reparenting, and I kind of feel like all the rock bands that I got into back then have reparented me and made it okay for me to want something different. And therefore, I was one of the rarities that left Jordan (laughs) at the age of 23. And I mean, I was so adamant about not following anybody else's plan for me. My father didn't speak to me for 10 years. And luckily, my mom was on board with my plan. But a lot of my friends and people I grew up with just found it bizarre that why would you want to do that? Why would you want to leave the security and the safety of your home and just go somewhere where you don't know anyone? But it was because I had to be authentic with myself because that's what my gut was telling me I had to do. And it was the best thing I ever did. And you never looked back. Oh, no. (laughs) No, three passports later, still doing it. Yes. (laughs) And it's so funny from getting to know you more. Like we have a lot of similarities in our stories. We're both past and current rockers and our partners are both in bands as well. Yeah. (laughs) It's really funny and quite serendipitous. (laughs) It's awesome because you don't really find people in our space the personal development world that we belong in, like you don't really find people that are so into that kind right. of thing. <laughs> but it makes sense, right? It's all about, it does. you know, rebelling and breaking the mold and, you know, being your own person. It totally it is. is. Yeah. And like, I remember when I joined a mastermind recently, I was asked a question, who is your role model in life? And for me, it was, Randy Bly from Lamb of God. Like, why is he my role model? But he is, <laughs> you know, read his biography. You'll get all the inspiration you need in life and all the lessons. So just having that inspiration, but also drawing inspiration from these people that have created history, that created mm-hmm. the life that you want to kind of live in, you know, in your own way. Right. It's just different. <laughs> it's different than like being inspired by bullshit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> And I so love that about you, Nads. Thanks. I know that you recently graduated our program, which (laughs) makes feelings about it. And I've asked you this so many times before, but officially on the podcast, what is the biggest thing that you're taking away from doing the inner child work? The biggest thing for me from doing the inner child work through your academy and from your podcast as well would be how powerful gentleness is Mm. powerful and gentleness were not two words that I would put together in one sentence but your approach was the right combination and formula of both powerful and gentle and that is something that I have never thought of to myself and it has improved my relationship with myself with the people around me but also it has improved my skills as a coach So that is something that I'm forever grateful for, that powerful message of how you can be gentle and powerful at the same time. And powerful doesn't necessarily mean masculine energy. It doesn't necessarily mean forcing things, like making things happen out of nature, out of their natural course. But the way that you approached us in the program was very gentle and organic and it just blew me away 
It was a very beautiful, beautiful academy and program. So, yeah, I hope that answers your question. Not on your podcast. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> of course. Yeah, oh, I only speak the truth. <laughs> I can feel myself welling up. Oh, thank you so much. I love that you're making me think of the analogy of water is soft, but it can smooth a rock, right? It can soften the edges. Yeah, it can also destroy cities. <laughs> That's true as well. Gentleness is the way because being hard on ourselves, if that really worked, no one would be listening to this podcast. <laughs> Even I have never put it into words quite like the way you did just now. So thank you for that. You're welcome. I understand what you mean because sometimes, you know, I work hard on creating this really customized, specialized program for my clients. And then when I get feedback from them, I'm just like, why don't I think of that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thanks exactly. for putting it that way. I Thank you. I'm going to cry, but why don't I think of that? I've been spent hours thinking about my program, but then somebody comes and just says it in such a different way. And you're like, oh yeah, cool. Right. <laughs> Now, speaking of cool, I know we're here talking about money wounds, right? And mm -hmm. we were just chatting about this before, about how a lot of folks who are having financial difficulties seem to be in these repeating situations where money just keeps slipping through their fingers. Don't quite connect it with the inner child. And you have made such a strong connection with this. Can you tell us about what money wounds are and how you have realized that it's actually connected to your childhood. Okay, no worries. I will dive into that and get on my soapbox eventually because <laughs> <laughs> I am very passionate about all of this. So everything I do and teach is not your textbook definition. Everything I stand for and I teach and I coach on is just my view on the world, my view on money and my view on how it's connected to our inner child in view of the financial abuse that I went through as a child, which pretty much defined and dictated my life purpose, which is helping people with money wounds. Mm -hmm. Because as we know, we help people with the very thing that we need help in and need to heal. And that is how one of the ways where our life purpose is kind of molded. So a money wound is a reoccurring pattern. It's a reoccurring habit. It's a reoccurring belief that really is not productive. It could be even destructive. A money wound would manifest itself as overspending. A money wound could manifest itself as debt. A money wound could manifest itself as hoarding money. And that is something we don't really talk about because another money wound would be you save, you're good with money. Mm -hmm. That's not typically um, how I teach things and I don't teach the opposite. It's a very nuanced. However, that is a money wound where we're just hoarding money when we derive security from the money that we have. When we derive our sense of worthiness from how much money we have in the bank, the material things that surround us or our status at work or how many followers we have, that number, right? Like that number that gives you your self-worth, that is somehow related to a wound. And all these wounds, they're all subconscious. We don't choose to have these wounds. We're not weak because we have these wounds. These wounds happen because between the ages of two and 12, something happened 
and we made a deal with ourselves. We made a deal with God. We made a deal with our parents. We were taught something at school. We were taught something through osmosis that created that wound that needs all the gentleness to heal. And that is where all the money wounds stem from. It is our childhood and therefore our inner child. I have literal goosebumps right now. <laughs> what you're talking about right now is so, so powerful, especially, you know, we're recording in the midst of a pandemic. And I know that money and economics and finances, that's what we're all talking about, right? Mm-hmm. And we've also had the time to do some introspection, whereas before we were busy out and about and we were forced to sit down on our asses and think. Yes. Oh, Yes. And just do some reflection. Mm-hmm. So I would say in the past year and a half, and somehow this year is a little bit more difficult than last year. I don't know if mm-hmm. you feel that too. But somehow the collective awareness is changing, is shifting. There is some light and some darkness that is becoming more and more apparent in our world. Yes. And I feel like you know what I mean because I see you nodding your head. But <laughs> I see that with my friends, my family, my clients where the light and the dark within all of us is more prominent now, where before it was a little bit hazy. It's that spiritual shift of pushing it to the surface. Yeah, right? yep, I agree. Not being able to ignore it anymore. Mm-hmm. No, I, I vibe with you, girl. <laughs> we know what's up. We know what's yeah. up. We were talking about this before on how some people just think solving these money wounds is just putting together a budget. <laughs> and I know <laughs> you go so much deeper than that. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us what that means? Of course. So I'm sure in every industry, there is a band-aid approach. I remember previously we talked about band-aids approach, such as just write affirmations and just change the way you think. <laughs> I personally think that a budget is a band-aid approach to your financial concerns, okay? So yes, you can download a 1,001 budgets online right now. Just go and download them. Will that change your relationship with money? Probably not. I can sit down and write you a budget. Will that change your relationship with money? Yes, because I will customize it to your needs and I have a way of knowing what you actually need. However, A budget is not what's going to heal your relationship with money. And people come to me saying, can you help me with a budget? Yes. However, my program goes from four to six months. Why would I need a program for a budget? Yeah, okay, we can do a budget. But if you really want to go into the nitty gritty of why you're going to fall off that budget in a couple of months, (laughs) come back and see me. Because Falling off the tracks of your budget or overspending or hoarding money, like we were saying, like oversaving and not following a budget is all related to your money wound. Because sometimes all you want or all your inner child really wants is rebellion and you give it a budget, it's going to find the very thing it needs to rebel against. (laughs) You tell your inner child you can't have that thing. What is it going to say? I want it now you know (laughs) true like sometimes I have extra points on my credit card and I need to use them within a certain time and I go on Amazon thinking I can buy anything I want I end up buying nothing whereas normally I just fill things up in my cart it's just because I gave myself (laughs) that green light to buy whatever my inner child's like nah I don't want it (laughs) it's that rebellion right so understanding your wounds will help 
you understand your patterns, understanding your patterns and where they came from will help you resolve these patterns and break these patterns with gentleness in a holistic way. Once you start breaking these patterns and replacing them with patterns that are more productive, then you can actually build a budget that is in alignment with your wounds, that leverages your wounds because these wounds there to protect you from something. So we're not going to banish them. We're going to understand them and we're going to leverage them. So it is a holistic process that creates your budget at the end. But it's not like, here you go. Here's a spreadsheet. Oh no, here's an app. (laughs) Make sure you follow it and text me if you deviate. (laughs) Your interpretation, it sounds so much more expansive Mm -hmm. instead of restrictive. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Like it's all about expanding yourself because I just want to say that really what I'm about, what my brand is about and what people really come to see me, whether they know it on a conscious level or not, is because they want freedom. Mm. So that freedom piece is the most important thing because why do you actually want a budget? Because you want money to do what? because you want to start a business, because you want to travel, because you just want to get out of debt. What's the underlying feeling under all of that? It's freedom. What I also teach in my program is what is money for? And how is money a tool or one of the tools that will get you to your life purpose? Because ultimately, we are all here for a purpose. We're all here to serve. Therefore, I don't teach you to hoard your money and become a millionaire. Yeah, cool. You can become a millionaire. We should all be millionaires, really. (laughs) But the whole thing is that how are you going to use that tool, money, that energy, money to serve? I love that. I love, love that. And you're right. You know, as you're giving us this perspective, Nadine, I'm recalling back to my own childhood memories of the ways that we all ironically demonize money, mm-hmm. right? Oh, Think yeah. about the most common quotes of money is evil. Rich people are greedy. Money doesn't grow on trees. Exactly. And I mean, if you really pick those apart, what kind of message is that sending us at a young age on our relationship with money? Yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts because it's the very thing that our parents wanted, Right. Like, I know you come from immigrant parents. I Mm. grew up in the Middle East in the 80s, which was quite turbulent. And money was a thing, right? Money was evil. Our rich friends were evil. But we wanted money. Don't keep the lights on. Why? Money. We can't order whatever when we go out. We need to, like, order according to the menu when we were kids. Money. So it was demonized, but it was coveted, right? So what kind of mixed messages do you grow up with, especially our generation? Like money is good or money is bad? Do I want money or am I bad for wanting money? What if I want money to expand myself and expand my business so I can help more people? Does that make me greedy? Like all these dialogues that we have that maybe we can download affirmations like we were saying and money mantras and just like repeat them like parrots but deep down your brain's like yeah right Right. money's evil (laughs) dad said so (laughs) you know so yeah like what kind of message that gives you is that money is this really rare resource right only the worthy have it if you don't have it mm -hmm, what does that say about you so by growing up with these mixed messages it makes money into this, like we put money on a pedestal, which Mm -hmm. is not really the point of money. Right. 
Yeah, that really puts things into perspective. Something I've noticed in a lot of my clients, Nadine, is, you know, I work with a lot of high achievers. There seems to be this pattern of being able to make a lot of money, but then not being able to hold on to it, right? It just evaporates or something. What's your inner child take on that? Okay. It's going to be a long-winded answer. Is that okay? (laughs) (laughs) Of course. So through my work, I have also been certified to do archetypal work. And therefore, I do a lot of money archetypes. And the money archetypes I use were created by my own coach and mentor, Deborah Price from the Money Coaching Institute. So there's eight archetypes, the innocent, the victim, the warrior, the martyr, the creator artist, the fool, the tyrant, and the magician. And when somebody is a high achiever, I would say that they have achieved a lot in their lives to get to that status where they're not only achieving, but they're over exceeding themselves. And from an archetypal point of view, being a high achiever borders you from a warrior archetype into a martyr archetype. And when you're in your martyr archetype, that is when you have difficulty receiving because you're putting everybody ahead of you. You're putting achievement and success ahead of your own well-being. One of the reasons is you're unable to keep that wealth. You're unable to retain it. So therefore, it just goes away. And another thing could be that your warrior isn't developed strong enough to keep that money. Therefore, you're making the money, but you don't have a strong budget. Like we did say budgeting is a band-aid approach, but in the context of what I'm talking about, having a budget that is aligned with you, that excites you, that supports your life purpose and your dreams and your visions is actually a very important practical structure to have. Feels like boundaries almost. Yes, it is. So that's what I was actually going to get to. You stole the words out of my mouth. That's so (laughs) creepy. It's awesome. But when you don't have a valid budget that supports the money that comes in, you don't have that boundary. So how does that boil down to the inner child? We can all have the same symptom. For example, the symptom being unable to keep that money or unable to grow that money or do something productive with it. But the reason or the origin of that symptom can come from different wounds, right? It can look the same on the outside, but if I take three people or four people that have that issue, it can come from very different sources. So for example, your inner child might not feel safe because mommy used to work too much and therefore I was alone. So if you're working too much, you're making all that money, you're making all of this, We want to sabotage that because it doesn't make us feel safe. Another one would be your inner child doesn't feel safe to be seen because making all that money means there's eyeballs on you, whether it's your employer, whether it's you on social media, whether it's you in interviews. And if your inner child doesn't feel safe, it's going to self-sabotage. Another really popular one is it's a little bit nuanced and I feel like your crowd and the people listening to this podcast episode will catch on on what I'm saying, but I had to repeat myself a few times when I was saying it to a family member and other people. Sometimes when we want something for the wrong reason, you will self-sabotage. If you want something for the reason of proving yourself to others, if you want something 
because you want to prove your father wrong. Even if your father has long passed, you just want to prove him wrong. If you want to prove something to yourself, you prove something to your neighbors, to the Joneses, to your boyfriend, to your girlfriend, whatever. First of all, your inner child is not going to feel safe. Second of all, that magician archetype that is within all of us, that connection with your higher self is going to be like, no, (laughs) we're not doing this shit because it's not in servitude of your higher purpose. There are multitude of reasons why we self-sabotage wealth. These are the most common ones. It's safety. Sometimes we're actually feeling intrinsically unworthy of that position. We feel intrinsically unworthy of having a $10,000 emergency fund, so we sabotage it, even though that's what we want. I have people coming to see me. One of their goals is to hit 10K in their emergency fund, but $9,000 in a little bit. All of a sudden, there's this like, oh, this went on sale and I got it. There's an element of self-sabotage where you don't feel worthy of the 10K, you know? So there's multiple reasons. And I would say these are the most popular ones. Of course, like it depends on the person. It depends on their money story because we go deeply into that, like your money story and certain events that you think are unrelated to money, but are so related to money once we look at them through that lens. This is really insightful stuff. I can already visualize everyone scribbling down notes. (laughs) That makes so much sense. Yeah. And with the archetypal work, it actually humanizes these self-sabotaging patterns because the way that my mentor, Deborah, created these archetypes, they each represent a bunch of wounds. They each represent a pattern or a self-sabotaging behavior. So when we call something, this is a limiting belief or this is a (laughs) self-sabotaging behavior, what disappears? The lesson that this limiting belief or whatever sabotaging behavior is trying to teach us or protect us from. But by humanizing these patterns, by humanizing these behaviors, by giving them archetypes and by giving them names and knowing that these archetypes exist in all of us, that is very powerful because not only do we have that awareness now, but we know how to break the pattern. Yes, so true. It's funny how the self-critical part of all of us, it's very sneaky, right? (laughs) Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things around this kind of work is your defense mechanisms, they exist for a reason, right? And it's that it's actually trying to protect you. And I love the way that you've applied that even to finances as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I just interviewed Caroline Ofenstein. She does a lot of work around nutrition, fitness, and it's the same thing that she works through, right? which is that recognizing that when we are binge eating or restricting, that that is also a defense mechanism there to protect you. And I see it here as well. And it's a mind blown moment for me. Yeah. I draw similarities between the way we money and the way we live, because the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. I can probably look at somebody's eating habits and actually know how they money. I can look at their relationship with a partner and see how they money. I don't know if it's my x-ray vision, (laughs) but I just have this belief of the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. That's why when I, in the beginning of this episode, I said I offer money and life coaching. I don't officially offer life coaching, but you can't really discredit or discount the effect of money on your entire life. Yep. This stuff is all connected. 
Right? Mm-hmm. You can yep. run, but you can't hide. <laughs> when it all boils down to your inner child. child. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of relationships, I know mm-hmm. we kind of chat about this before, but after doing the program and doing the inner child work, how have your relationships changed? Oh my God. <laughs> so they changed a lot. My relationship with my husband has changed. My relationship with my dog has changed. RV. <laughs> RV. Yeah. With myself, with my friends, with my parents. I've always had a turbulent relationship with my father and that has changed. So through the Heal Your Inner Child Academy, as I said, my biggest takeaway was gentleness and compassion. And coupled with the archetypal work that I did on myself and I do with clients because you grow as your clients grow as well, you kind of have more compassion to those that hurt you. Okay. With my father, it brought a lot of softness with our relationship, just talking and healing and feeling out my inner child more brought that softness out that I never had with my father, with my husband, my poor husband. (laughs) He is married to a child, (laughs) a 40 year old child. So I always acted out. I don't know if it's literally acting out, but I do have phases within the middle of the day, in the middle of the week where I'm just like singing, dancing, just doing things that are ridiculous. And my husband would be like, what is she doing? Are you okay? Like, why are you suddenly singing and dancing? And what are we doing? And why are you loud? And I just, just what, what? Like, and through the academy, I kind of understood that I never actually had a childhood. (laughs) And yeah, I never actually had a childhood. And right now I am reparenting. I'm allowing that inner child to just run free. And if I want to sing and dance and shake my booty randomly in the middle of the day, it's not because I'm crazy. It's because that's what I want to express. And I communicated that to Tommy and like, oh yeah, that makes sense. I'll dance with you. He would never dance with me. He's a metal guy. He doesn't dance, but you know what I mean? You know, like it kind of brought more understanding and peace to like, why would I act out? And also the biggest thing is sometimes I would do things for attention, right? You know, like, like just like yell about something or like just protest or object about something. And he's like, what, what, why? Or like go up to him while he's in his studio and be like, just stand there and sing and dance or just do something ridiculous or obnoxious that annoys him. But through your teachings, I understood that I'm not attention seeking, I'm connection seeking. Yes. Oh my God. The day I told him this, I think that our entire relationship changed. Yeah. Because I wasn't that annoying person in my own eyes. I'm sure I annoyed him, but for me, I'm just like, why am I doing this? It's connection seeking. And he would just stop what he's doing, get up, give me a hug and I'm fine. And he can go be a musician in peace. (laughs) (laughs) I still remember that coaching call. Uh I remember it. (laughs) It And I remember because you gasped so loudly on Zoom. You're like, (gasps) (laughs) I will never forget that. Ain't that the darnest thing? Isn't that crazy? (laughs) When you label yourself and criticize yourself and judge yourself and your partner's cool. Like he's like, all right, no worries. But you're judging yourself and you're creating all these dialogues and monologues and 
drama in your head and criticizing yourself and saying that you're weak or you're a victim or like, why am I attention seeking? And what does that mean to me? And what does that make me? And does that make me weak? Does that make me this? Oh, my father did this. All that crazy shit that goes in your head. All you needed to do is just do Gloria's Academy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Need to hire you as my marketing person. Sure. Now. Do you do that too? Yes. <laughs> We're very similar in our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, not just that, you know, Andrew's also a metalhead, but I'm also like, you know, I'm in the kitchen. I'm like banging pots and pans and singing my Disney songs in the shower. And <laughs> to the point where he knows all the lyrics. Now. Oh, I create my own songs. Oh, oh, I've got, I've got an album of crazy songs. Tommy's like, why do I know this? Why am I humming along with this bullshit? (laughs) (laughs) Right. And it's so beautiful that part of our adult relationships, our intimate relationships, is when you can be your inner child around your partner, right? And having that trust and having them hold you. Oh my God. Not shaming it. It's just the best. Yes. And understanding his inner child too. And, you know, asking Mm -hmm. the right questions because the quality of your life and therefore the quality of your relationships boils down to the quality of the questions that you ask yourself, the quality of the questions you ask your partner. You can ask your partner, how many people have you slept with? Or (laughs) you can ask your partner more productive questions about their childhood to kind of understand what they actually want and what they mean when they say one thing and what you can give them and when you give them space and when they need that and when they need a cuddle as opposed to like just leave them alone and these are all tools that I just learned through the academy well thank you ain't that so beautiful holding each other's inner child (laughs) yes (laughs) my husband and I connected over my Alice in Chains tattoo Oh, we actually met at a metal show. Um, New Orleans band was playing. It was called Goat Whore. Yes, so that's where we whore. met. And we went yes. outside and he goes, oh, is this an Alice in Chains tattoo? I said, yeah. And that was the instant connection. And yeah. the funny thing is that because he's American and I'm Australian, Jordanian, we had to sit through a couple of immigration green card interviews. So I'm allowed to stay in America with him. And the case officer was like, so how did you meet? We were all straight faced, you know, we met at a goat whore concert. She goes, a what? Goat whore, <laughs> a goat whore concert. She goes, G-O-A-T-W-H-O-R-E. Said, yeah. She goes, am I supposed to write that down? <laughs> it's the truth. Here are the tickets. <laughs> You're killing me over here, girl. <laughs> Imagine an immigration officer at the American UC, whatever, and like, go for What do you mean? <laughs> Can you explain that, ma'am? Please? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is there a better name for that band, ma'am? <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, Lord. I'm never I'm sure she looked that. it up. <laughs> yes. These people are like pulling my leg or. <laughs> with the straightest face too oh, what? <laughs> haven't you heard of it <laughs> oh gosh so good oh. speaking of fun stuff you know speaking of inner child what stuff did you like as a kid like movies books tv shows songs it's going to reveal my age <laughs> okay <laughs> So I remember loving The Sound of Music. 
Of course. And then I was really in love with a movie called Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Hmm. Please watch it. I think you will love it. You'll find it on Prime. And then I became obsessed with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I would just sit around and wait for Michael Jackson to spontaneously appear on TV. Smooth Criminal still makes me cry. There's something about that video, that song that just stirs something in me. Billie Jean. Yeah, so it went very early on from cartoons and movies to music. And I became obsessed with music. And I told myself as a teenager that I was going to work for the radio station in Jordan when I grow up. And I did. So Mm -hmm. that was a great manifestation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Michael Jackson shaped my childhood in terms of like dancing and just singing and lyrics, but then it was 100% Pearl Jam. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I love Pearl Jam. Yeah, so I think 90s grunge. Eddie Vedder is my real dad. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like I don't think I would have had the inspiration to leave Jordan and just go for it and just seize life by the balls or whatever you want to call it if it weren't for Pearl Jam lyrics and whatever Pearl Jam meant to me back then. And of course, still means to me, I've evolved a little bit, but got my Pearl Jam tattoos and people were like, what if you stopped loving them? Like, first of all, no. Second of all, <laughs> they're my daddy. So no. Uh, I want to see the look on their faces. Like, okay, weirdo. <laughs> you could tell I'm not your typical Jordanian girl, but whatever. <laughs> well, Nads, where can people find you if they want to check out your work and perhaps take a stab at working on those money wounds? Okay, so the best place to find me would be Instagram. I'm highly active on there. My Instagram handle is Save a Million Cents. My business is saveamilliancents.com. That's where you find me on the World Wide Web. The very best thing you can do to work on your money wounds is probably starting out with the money archetype quiz that is on my website. It is also on the link in my Instagram bio. The money archetype quiz will tell you what your passive and active archetypes are. And from there, you can book a strategy call with me. On that strategy call, I will be able to tell you what exactly are your limiting behaviors and patterns, and I will be able to give you a customized action plan to go forward from that. I know that there are some people that have quizzes that would just send out generic information. I'm not into that because information can be misinterpreted. And when we're dealing with things like financial wounds and money wounds, these things can be very sensitive and it can throw people off track. And I know that probably it's a lot of work for me to have all these money strategy calls, but that's how I want to do it. I give from my heart. There's no catch, honestly. Like All I want to do is serve. All I want to do is help people because I really do believe that if we are all free to pursue our life purpose, the world is going to heal as a collective. And that is why I do what I do. So head over to my website and do the quiz and just book your strategy call with me. And I'll be happy to jump on. And there is a fair bit of preparation for me to do. So I will receive your results from my end and create an action plan for you. And we go from there. You will leave with a good, robust action plan. 
So yeah, that's a very good place to start. If you don't want to do any of that, that's fine. I can't force you, but it is great. And I would say start noticing your patterns. You know, if we sit down and start like noticing our patterns without judgment, just noticing them as an outside observer and looking at how we feel about money, how we, what we believe about money, that would be great. However, the money archetype quiz is a shortcut because you can sit there and like write down your patterns and all of that. It will take months. But once you do the money archetype quiz, I'll be able to give you exactly what your patterns are within hours, really. So that will be a very good place to start. And I say it from all my heart. It really is a powerful tool and I believe in it and it has changed my life. It changed the lives of many others and it will just change everything for you. So that's where I believe people should start. <laughs> and I can vouch for Nadine. I've really gotten to know you, you know, not just in our own program, but also from following you on I stalk <laughs> everyone I work with. And Nadine is one of the most authentic, true to heart people I've ever met. And I say that from the bottom of my heart as well. Oh, Gloria, yes, thank you. I would trust anyone I send your way that they're in good hands. Thank you. Yes. And the same as well. Like I don't hesitate to tell people to listen oh, to your you. podcast <laughs> and work with you because you have really changed my life. So, and oh. many, many, many others, I'm sure. <laughs> well, that means so much. And I probably have a million more questions for you, but we, are <laughs> we can have a part two. <laughs> we, we can definitely do a part two at some point. Thank you so much for coming on the show. All the links are going to be in the show notes for folks who want to reach out. And this has been so much fun. Yeah, it has been. I just want to add too that sometimes money wounds are something that we feel is shameful to talk about or even say that we have. But you're not alone. We all grew up with money wounds. And it's not because you're bad at money. It's because you care about money. If you go and do something about your money wounds, if you want to heal them, if you want to get a better idea or a better relationship with money, it really isn't because you're bad at money. It really isn't because you're a victim or you're weak. It's just because you really care and you want to make a difference in yourself and the life of others around you. So feel free to DM me for privacy. If anybody out there has a question, I'm happy to answer, but please don't feel ashamed or feel weak because any of the things that we mentioned resonated with you. We are all in the same boat. Such an important message to put at the end. Thank you, Nadine. You're so welcome, Gloria. Thank you so much for having me. And thanks to everyone who tuned into this episode. If you love this episode, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star review. It really helps me a lot. So thank you. To join the community and get your daily dose of inner child tips, follow me on Instagram and social media at ByGloriaZang or visit ByGloriaZang.com. If you're a high achiever or an entrepreneur who wants to work with me, message me the words high achiever and I'll get in touch. Thanks, bestie. See you in the next one. Thanks for tuning in, Bestie. I've got something for you. If you think this show deserves a five-star review, we'll send you my free Inner Child Starter Kit as a thank you for your support, which contains exclusive wallpapers and resources for you to download. To get your kit, just upload a screenshot of your review on Apple or Spotify to my webpage, 
bygloriazang.com slash reviews. The link is also in the show notes. There you can also check out my healing sessions and programs at bygloriazang.com. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast and I will meet you in the next episode. Mwah!